Let's pray and get into the Word. Thank you, Father, for your Word this morning. Lord, I pray that as your Word go forth, that it will go forth and will bring restoration, that it will instruct us, it will guide us, Lord. It will test us, Father. I pray for your Word, Lord, to go forth and not return void. Let it go and let it accomplish exactly what you send it to do. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We are living in a time right now in the earth where we are going to become more and more dependent on the voice of God. Matthew 4 verse 4 is not just a verse that we read, but it's going to become our reality that the voice of God will sustain you. You will live on the voice of God. Now throughout the scripture, God has tried many ways to restore covenant, to restore us back to him. He has sent Adam and that didn't work out. And he sent Moses, Abraham, David. He tried to use various people to restore that covenant. But only Jesus was the perfect sacrifice that could restore covenant back to him so that we can be united with him once again, that we can hear his voice, that we can receive his spirit, that we can move with him and live with him. In the book of Acts, he says, in him we live and move and have our being which means that outside of him, there's no movement. There's no life. Outside of him, there is nothing. It is him that sustains in him. We live and move and have our being. Now, I want to backtrack and read with me in Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. And this is where this restoration process has started, where God tried to restore mankind back to him. And uh, he has tried many ways and sent many to restore that covenant. God wanted a people, a nation that he would call his nation, his people. And he would be their God. And he would lead them and guide them and protect them and be with them. Now, God has created all of us for fellowship. That's why we were created, to be in fellowship with him. And so the enemy has come and tried to destroy that fellowship, to bring us out of fellowship, out of covenant. And so here in Exodus 20 verse 18, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. So this whole process where God got them to the mountain was a process where God wanted to introduce them into fellowship, where God wanted to introduce them into into a kingdom. He wanted them to be his nation, his people. And suddenly the people are saying, we don't want relationship. We don't want to take part in this. Uh, They trembled in fear and they said, no, no, we would rather have a mediator. Let Moses go up to the mountain, speak to Moses, and Moses will speak to us. It is interesting how mankind always wants a mediator. They want someone to stand in the gap. They want someone else. They don't want to have a direct relationship or communication with the Father. Our nature is rather speak to someone else than speak to us directly. And then something happened, and I want you to to see this with your eyes and also spiritual eyes today, they stayed at a distance. They distanced themselves. 
It is impossible to build a relationship with anyone if one of the parties stays a distance. God did not distance himself from us. They distanced themselves and said, no, we choose to stay a distance. The attack today upon your life, and I want to make this clear, that the greatest thing that the enemy can do against God is to take you away from him, is to bring separation. God has created you for fellowship. Remember, God does not have a seven to five job. He doesn't make room for you, you know, at dinner time. God's existence is you. It's about you. It's about fellowship with you, being in covenant with you. And so God pursues you 24-7, constantly. But then sin comes in and sin causes distance. I want to make this statement today and I want to say that sin will never influence God's relationship with you. But sin will influence your relationship with Him. And what it does, it takes away your boldness. It causes you to stand a distance and say, I cannot participate. There can be no relationship or progress if there is distance. And so therefore, we have, we have to constantly make sure that in our walk with God, that we do not allow distance to come in. We have to protect the relationship. We have to stand. And when the enemy wants to come and use sin and bring separation and distance, we have to fight for that and say, no, I am not going to allow distance to become between us. If there's distance, the connection is broken. We're going to speak over tonight's session and Monday uh, about our connectedness with God. Everything comes from our connectedness with God. Your business comes from your connectedness with God. Ministry comes from your connectedness with God. Your relationships, marriage, comes from your connectedness with God. We do not have marriage problems. We have disconnected with God problems. So we can treat all these situations, if you are disconnected with God, there will be a dryness in your life. Dryness will come in. And this is a tactic of the enemy where the enemy wants to try and creep in and bring separation between you and God. And the enemy wants you to distance yourself. We serve a God that will never again distance himself from you. God will always be present. His presence is omnipresent. And so he has given us all the tools, everything we need for this relationship to work and to move on. I want to speak to you prophetically this morning. Don't distance yourself. Don't disconnect yourself from the life source and what God wants to do in your life at this moment. Now, this is Old Testament, you know, how God is trying to find various people and, and to, to stand in the gap and to fight and to restore mankind back to him. This is in the Old Testament. But yet still in, in the state of the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, just 10 chapters further, 33 verse 11, he says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one would speak to a friend. 
So even in this state of separation, Moses did not distance himself. Even in this moment, he still pursued God and he had a face-to-face encounter. I believe that every person, at least once in their life, need a burning bush experience. Every person, every person needs an encounter with God, a date, a place, a moment where you can say that that day I had a burning bush experience and that day marked me, that day changed me, that moment. If you did not have that experience yet, that would be my prayer for you today, that you would have an encounter with God a face-to-face experience because those encounters is something that no one can take from you. It's something that will mark you for life. It's something that has marked me in my life. Now, in my life personally, um, at the age of 16, I had a burning bush experience. I was at the lowest place that I could be in my life. I made a lot of mistakes. I grew up in church. I knew the verses. I could quote the scriptures, I sang the songs, but there was distance between me and God. And I had a breakdown in my own life. And in that moment, at the age of 16, at the lowest point in my life, I heard the voice of God. And to me personally, it was like water in the desert. It was something where when God speaks to you in that state, it's not something whether you choose whether you want it or not. You are so thirsty, so hungry, so desperate that you will grab hold of it because you don't have anything else. And that was my moment. God did not save me on top of the mountain. God rescued me in the lowest valley, in the deepest place, and in the pits of hell. That's where God found me and he did not give up on me in that state. In that place. And so I know the God of the valley. I know the God of the mountain. I know, I know God. I've encountered him in various places in my own personal life. And I know that he has the power and he has the capacity to see it through. The song that we just sang this morning, God is not finished with you yet. We are on this journey and we are on this process of reconciliation and restoration, and God is walking with us in this season. I want to share four things with you this morning that will influence the voice of God in your life. Four things. I want to equip you this morning when it comes to the voice of God in your own personal life that will help you to respond to the voice of God, to discern the voice of God, to recognize the voice of God in your life at this moment. There's four things that I find that will influence how we hear the voice of God. The first thing that I want to share with you this morning, number one, is emotions. Emotions will influence what you hear. And the reason is, if you are going through a challenge, you are going to hear things that God did not say. In the book of John chapter 4, verse 23, he says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and His worshipers must worship in Spirit and in truth. So emotions influence what we hear. If you are emotionally 
you are going to hear things that God is not saying. When you go through an argument with your wife and her husband and you pray, you might hear that God say that you need to get divorced. And it's not God speaking. It's your emotions that are speaking at that moment. It's not the voice of God. Now, the things I'm sharing with you today, God has already put things in place to counteract or to help us with those things as well. And the way that we, that we handle our emotions is worship. The reason why we worship this morning was to calm your emotions down. Because all of you were driving here in the car and I don't know exactly what happened, but some of you had some discussions in the car and we had to calm it down for us to hear God. And so <laughs> for, for all of our sake, we worshiped so we can calm our emotions down and we can hear the word of God. And so worship is a tool that God has given us that in times when we go through challenges and we are emotional, but we need a word from God, we can worship and immediately it would be calmed down. I want to encourage you, don't make major decisions while you are emotional. Calm your emotions down, worship, get into the meeting, put worship music on, just start to worship God so that your emotions can calm down and you can hear from the Lord at that moment. The second thing that can influence the voice of God is the wrong spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, instead be filled with the spirit. And so the wrong spirit influence the voice of God. When I talk about the wrong spirit, there's many different things that can have influence. We can have a spirit of fear. And so because of the wrong spirit that's functioning in your life, you are praying and saying, God, what do I need to do? And God says, no, you need to put on bigger security locks on your front door. It's not God speaking. It's a spirit of fear. And so as the wrong spirit influence the voice of God in your life. You're starting to hear things and it's not God speaking. It's that spirit that's having an effect. And so we have many various spirits that can function in your life. But I thank God. He has given us a way out. I was in Israel and uh, I got some oil there from Israel a couple of years ago. Went back to South Africa and I was in an anointing service, anointing people with this precious oil that I got from Israel. And, uh, you know, the, the row of people was longer than the amount of oil that I had. And so I ran out and I called one of the ushers. I said, just bring me some oil. And they brought me some olive oil. I mixed the two together, little um, mirror that I had and uh, I continued to anoint people and as I anointed them the Lord said to me Andre look at the bottle and I'm looking at the bottle and the two oil the two different oil types separated the mirror and the olive oil the, the they separate from one another the mirror pushes the olive oil to the top and the Lord spoke to me right there and he said Andre every time when you are filled with my spirit everything that is in your life that is not from me I push out so when we talk about the wrong spirit that's functioning and influencing the voice of God in your life, we receive the Holy Spirit. And once we receive the Holy Spirit, it deals 
with those other spirits that are trying to enter or function in our lives. The scripture tells us, be filled with the spirit constantly. I want to encourage you as a believer to receive the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Every now and again, receive his counsel. Let him fill you. I can try to deal with every spirit that is trying to challenge you, that's trying to enter your life. There's a quicker way around. Holy Spirit, fill me. Let him fill you. Let him counsel you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Immediately, it deals with other spirits that's trying to influence the voice of God in your life. The third thing that, that would influence the voice of God in your life is an idol. Book of Exodus chapter 20 verse 3, it says, You shall have no other gods before me. If you have an idol in your life, that idol will always speak louder than the voice of God. If money is an idol in your life, every time when you pray, the only answer that you are going to get from God is that you are going to prosper and become wealthy. It's an idol. So any idol can influence the voice of God in your life. God must be your source. He must be your primary source, not these idols that are being put into place. How do we deal with those idols in our lives? The way we deal with it is to bow our knees before God. You know, the moment when you bow your knee before God, you are turning your back on any other God that's there. The world that we are in right now tells you, you have to be strong. You have to stand. I want to tell you a secret. In my walk with God, I've found that God loves it when we admit that we are weak. Every now and again, you need to go on your knees, not in front of church, in front in your quiet time. You need to go on your knees and say, God, I need you. I can't do this without you. I need you in my business. I need you in my marriage. I need you in my life. I cannot, I'm dependent on you. When you go on your knees before God, you are turning your back against any idol that wants to function in your life. I want to encourage you to do that every now and again, not just in front of people, but when you are alone before God, to be weak before Him. To expose yourself, to be vulnerable before God. He knows everything in any way. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your challenges. But be weak before Him and say, God, I need you. I cannot do this without you. I find the longer I am in ministry, the more dependent I am on God. I cannot do this without Him. I need God. I need His direction. I need His counsel. I need His wisdom. There's so many things that we are indoctrinated with today. We need the voice of God. I need His counsel. We are facing things in this age right now that no generation has faced before us. The old answers is not going to work for the new problems. We need the voice of God to guide us as the church, as God's people. How do we respond? How do we function with the challenges that we have today? And then lastly, number four is unbelief. Unbelief will influence the voice of God in your life. James chapter 1 verse 6, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. 
because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Unbelief, if I look, if I have to explain faith to you and I have a bathtub full of water and this water in the bathtub is faith, unbelief is the plug. If we pull that plug, if you, if you doubt, it pulls everything out of you. I would rather believe or not believe than function in unbelief. Rather choose, I'm not going to do it, than function in unbelief. People think that when they are in unbelief, they are in neutral. No, you are in reverse. It's not neutral. You're going backwards. It's draining you. And so you need to make, to take a stance. I'll speak later tonight about taking your stance. You have to decide how you're going to respond. You cannot pray in unbelief. You know, I have a, a, a five-year-old son. And uh, uh, at this stage, we have times where, where every now and again, he just screams and shouts. And I have no clue what he's saying. And as a father, there's nothing that I would not do for him. But he needs to communicate it to me. And so I would try to calm him down and I would say to him, just tell me what do you want. That's it. And sometimes I feel that that's the same way God feels. People are shouting and screaming, but God wants you just to communicate. Just communicate. Yes, but Andre, God needs to know he's God. No, it's a relationship. He's a father. He wants you to ask him. He wants you to communicate with him. God is, not a, God is not a robot. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants communication. He wants you to tell him what you're going through, what you're facing, what is your need. He wants you to communicate. I want to encourage you this morning that you would not distance yourself, but that you would start to communicate. That you would not distance yourself from the voice of God, but that you would communicate with God and say, Lord, this is what I ask of you. This is what I'm trusting you for. Communicate with the Father and He will start to lead you and guide you in your life. I want to end this morning with a testimony. A couple of years ago, I got up one morning and in this moment, I had a meeting uh, with a, um, a gentleman at 6 a.m. in the morning. I got up and I drove to this meeting at 6 a.m. I'm, I'm someone that, that believes... Um, uh, you know, in honor uh, to be on time. And I arrived there at, at 5.30, 30 minutes before the meeting. And I was waiting outside this place, breakfast place in the car. And in that moment, I realized I drove into the wrong direction. I'm at the wrong place. The place where I need to meet him is actually the opposite side of, opposite side of town. And, but there's still 30 minutes left. And so I got in the car and I drove to the correct place. And I arrived there still five minutes before six. I walked into the restaurant and as I walked in, here's a, here's a gentleman that I saw a long time ago and uh, immediately um, he looked at me, he said, Andre, um, um, are you here to see someone? I said, yes, I've got a meeting in five minutes. And he said, could you just sit with me until the meeting starts? I said, yes. And now this person is, is, uh, is one of those people that asks difficult questions. You know, they ask questions that no one can solve. And uh, immediately I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be a long five minutes. And, 
I'm sitting down and, and immediately here comes a question. He says, you know, I have this question and he asked me this question. And, and immediately God gives me wisdom and I say to him, well, this is the solution of this and I communicate to him. Suddenly my phone rings and uh, um, the person that I have the meeting with, he says, I'm here in the restaurant. Where are you? I said, no, I'm, I'm here and, uh, and I'm at the wrong place. And so I got in the car. I said, I apologize. Just give me 15 minutes. I'll be there shortly. Now, the place I'm going to now is not the first place. It's not the second place. It's a different place. And so I'm driving to this meeting. And on my way there, I said to myself, I said, Andre, you are disabled. How do you get this wrong? You've got a meeting at one specific place. How can you miss this? What's wrong with you? I said it to myself. I arrive at this meeting and it's very gracious and we had the time together. And then I left this meeting and, and the, the man from the second restaurant phoned me and he said, Andre, I just want to thank you because this morning you were answered to a prayer. I want to thank you for being there for me. I said to him, listen, you're not going to make me feel better. I missed it. I wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to be at a different place. So thank you, but no thank you. And I put the phone down and God started to counsel me, the Spirit of God. And God said to me, Andre, if it were not for your disabilities, I could not use you. It is often our weakness and our disabilities that makes room for him in the first place. The, the very thing you're trying to fix right now in your life is which draws the presence of God to your life. The very thing. We're trying to perfect ourselves instead of allowing His Spirit to function through our lives. And so this morning, I got up and I had an appointment. I had a schedule to keep. But at the same time, the Spirit of God had a schedule for me. And it was because of my weakness that God could use me. It was because, it, it was because of my disability that I called it at that moment. That God said, I'm so thankful for your disability. Because it is what makes room for my spirit in your life. All of us are weak. And this morning as you are here, you might fight something in your life that is a disability to you. And you're putting all this energy in it and saying, I just need to overcome this thing. I need to change on that area. What if that is the very thing that God is using at this moment in your life? I'm not using it as an excuse not to change or for sin. I'm saying it is our weakness that makes room for him. Because when I am weak, he is strong. I want to pray with you this morning. You're welcome to close your eyes. And this morning, I want to continue to tap into the anointing of Apostle Marian. And I want to address the spirit of heaviness this morning. The spirit of depression that's trying to use circumstances, that's trying to use people, situations against you to try to wear you down and steal from your life. God is not finished with you yet. 
This is an ongoing process. We are working our salvation out. He's working with us. All of us need to grow. All of us need to improve. But it is Christ in me that does the work. He's working in me right now. At no stage does God say, no, take control. It's all your responsibility. No, we are co-laborers. I give my yes, but He comes and He does the work in me. And suddenly God comes and He uses a broken vessel. He uses something that the world denies, that the world pushes away and says, no, it cannot be used. And God comes and uses something that's imperfect for His perfect work. It's all of us. That is my story. That is my testimony. The success is not me. The success is a God that rescued me. And that same God is here today to set you free.